Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too. Or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Balance Pod Pod. Mamas, you are going to love this episode. We've got a special guest, Abby from The Glow Blueprint, and she's a special friend of mine as well. And I'm so beyond excited to share the interview that we did. So stay tuned and tell us what you think. All right, so tell us who you are. I'm Abby, and my business is The Glow Blueprint. Beautiful. Where can we find you? On Instagram at The Glow Blueprint, or my website is theglowblueprint.com. Beautiful. And what is The Glow the glow Blueprint? <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> the Glow Blueprint is uh, my health coaching business towards mamas. So whether you're pregnant with your first or whether you've been a mom for 10 plus years, I like to work with you. And um, I chose the name The Glow Blueprint because... Everyone talks about that glow when you're a mama. Yeah. And I've found it. Um, I feel like when I was pregnant with my first, I was glowing. I heard that from a lot of people that I was glowing, whether it's hormones or whether it was my (laughs) joy about becoming a mom. Um, But I think it's really important for everyone to try to find their glow. And I don't mean that just physically, but I mean that like in your soul too, so that you just radiate out happiness and joy. Yeah. And then I chose blueprint, the glow blueprint, because... Everybody is different. Everybody has their own bio-individuality, which we've talked about before. Shout out to bio-individuality. You. <laughs> um, so what I mean by that is that um, what works for me as mom and where I find my joy, um, it could be a- a- applicable to you, but it might be a little bit different too because your interests are different than mine and your body is different than mine. So what you eat is going to work differently than what I eat and what makes my body happy yeah. and the activities that I enjoy. Um so yeah, that's why we chose the blueprint because I'd like to map it out all, all for you. And that's nice. And it's great to have somebody to to guide you into, okay, where what actually are my next steps? How do I get from the place that I'm at to mm-hmm. the place that I want to be? And that can sometimes feel really overwhelming. I don't have kids yet, but I get so many uh, listener questions on pregnancy and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to feel, kind of field those to you today since I am not an expert in this field and you are an expert in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you do? Tell us a little bit more about your health coaching for moms. What does that actually look like and what are some things that you are you know, doing with your clients. Yeah. So um, I coach one-on-one, but something I'm super excited about is getting into group coaching. Yes. Um, So if you're a little bit intimidated about a one-on-one call with somebody and feeling very vulnerable in that, group coaching is going to be a really fun option that I'm adding in a few months. So stay tuned on Instagram if you guys are following me. Yes. I'll keep you guys posted on that too. Yes. Um, I'll be announcing in a couple of months, which will be really exciting. I'm in the planning stage of that. So like I said, if you're feeling vulnerable about opening yourself up, um, group coaching is going to be a really exciting place to start because we're going to touch on all topics of yourself through motherhood. So it's not just going to be about being a mom, but it's going to be about how do you care for yourself um, in every aspect from what you're putting into your body, what Mm -hmm. you're eating, um, how you're nurturing your soul 
Yeah. If you're getting enough sleep, which is really hard with yeah. little kids. <laughs> is it, and is that something, just to take a second here, mm-hmm. is that something you talk about with your clients? I on, do. And can it help them to be getting more sleep? Because I know that that's a big thing is if my kids aren't sleeping, I'm not sleeping. Yes. That's I, something you work with them on? I do, yes. Um, so when my husband and I had our first child, um, I have two kids, by the way. Yeah, They're, tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jade is two and Jack is one. So I'm very busy with two under two. Yep. Um, but anyways, when I had my first child, my mother-in-law gave me this book that is, uh, I, I think it's a couple decades old actually, but it's the sleep doctor, Dr. Wisebluth, yeah. and it's called Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Child. And she kind of used it on her third child and said it worked, but one of her friends just swore by it. Yeah. So we read it. And um, the thing that we love about that book is that it helped us see the science behind sleep Mm-hmm. And for kids and the whole family and why sleep is important yeah. <laughs> bio- biologically, mentally, and for growth for your kids too yeah. and for your own mental sanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it talks about it doesn't push like cry it out. It doesn't push um, like gentle controlled. Yeah. But it, it gives you options of what you can – of different different processes to get your children to sleep because everybody's different. Sleep is one of those really um, – really sensitive topics in parenting, I feel like. Yeah. So um, it's just in coaching with me, it's a really open space to where you can tell me your struggles in getting your kids to sleep and your style. Yeah. So like a a lot of people are like, I can't hear my child cry. Like I can't do it. But I don't want them to sleep with us for the next five years. (laughs) Right. There's got to be a happy medium somewhere in there. And with coaching with me, it's not about me telling you, okay, we'll try this method, try this method. It's more about helping you find the resources for um, like what the science says on sleep. So I do refer that book to my clients. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just finding the process, talking to your husband and getting yeah. on the same page about like, here's our goal yeah. for getting my kid to sleep. <laughs> and here's what we're going to try. And we're going to stick with it for a long enough period of time to see if it works. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then we're going to revisit it and try something else because there's so many methods, just like any other aspect of health, there's so many methods to get your child to sleep. <laughs> right. Again, with the bioindividuality. Mm-hmm. And that's not then, so it sounds like when you're approaching sleep, it's not just from a bioindividuality of you and how much sleep you need, but right. really what does my child need? What does my family need? Mm-hmm. And what are the ways that that's really going to work for me? Not just for a minute until I'm sad that I'm hearing my child crying, but like yeah. actually I'm going to feel good about it and everybody's going to get enough sleep. Exactly. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah, because sleep actually like affects your child like their stomach, what they're eating. Yeah. Um, so just from my own experience, if my kids aren't getting adequate sleep, mm-hmm. they're not only grouchy, which yeah. nobody wants to be grouchy, but they're getting more susceptible to illness, picking up germs right. outside of places. They're getting um, – they're just grouchy and they don't want to eat what they usually would eat. Yeah. Just because they're tired and they're like, I just – I feel like it's their – own body's way of saying like I just need sleep like yes eating is very important but like I just need to catch up on sleep so I'm not going to eat this right now right right yeah so well and eating too I mean I work with adult humans so (laughs) (laughs) the the larger version the larger size um but I know that sleep is important for everybody but specifically Mm -hmm. that's when your body's resetting itself it's exactly um just aligning your hormones and helping you to make sure that you have the amount of adequate everything that you need really like Mm -hmm. sleep is the regulator and even after a night of two nights of four hours or less your appetite increases by 24 Mm percent because you're going to that food to stimulate you but on the flip side if you just like you said with the kids if you're not sleeping and you're trying to eat that's going to stimulate you and that's the opposite of what 
they want to do. They exactly. want to go to bed. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. that would make actually a lot of sense there. Um, yeah. And I like that approach. I think it's important to know that you don't have to be pigeonhole- pigeonholed into one way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But also to to have somebody even just acknowledge, like, there's a million theories out there. You guys yes. hear me talk about it all the time on the podcast where there's – it's bio-individuality. There's a million theories for everything. But there's also – I mean, that it literally extends to any area of health. It seems to be the one area of life that just, like, has a million conflicting scientific – Like sleep, you mean? Yeah, yeah, sleep and, I mean – sleep and health and nutrition and yes. exercise and all these things tend to have conflicting research on them, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I are of the same mind in the bio-individuality. To me, that says do what works for you because there isn't mm-hmm. one that everybody can agree on. Right. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit um, about your family. You and I had mentioned, so you and I have spoken many times off the, off air, um, but I know that your son, Jack, has been going through some things. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, digestion and things like that? Yeah. Yeah, so he um, he has food allergies. Um, he's allergic right now. He's allergic to peanuts, all tree nuts except for almonds, which is weird. <laughs> I didn't know that that could happen. <laughs> um, dairy, cow's milk dairy at least, um, and uh, eggs. So that's what we know that he's allergic to. Um, he's had those food allergy tests twice. Those always come back the same. Mm. We've actually introduced eggs to him. Yeah. And that was not good. It didn't go well. Mm. Um, but anyways, yeah, so – uh, with my training at IAN, Institute for Integrative Nutrition, shout out, out to that. <laughs> okay. We, uh, they talk a lot about gut health. Yeah. And so something that I'm actually looking into with him is his gut. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, when he was little and he, he had terrible eczema, he had reflux, he had colic. So he was my difficult baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but luckily he's outgrown that part of it. Um, but he still, he still had very bad eczema and Right now, also, he's not allergic to gluten or wheat, but we've taken that out of his diet because what we found is that connection. So this is, again, where bio-individuality and playing with your own, um, kind of like your own intuition and what works for your body if you're tuned into it is recognizing the signs and symptoms of like, so in coaching too with the mom, I'll talk about skin. And if you're having skin issues, a lot of times it's something that's going on inside your body right? because your skin exhibits what's going on inside. So. Mm -hmm. With him, I just didn't accept, like, he has eczema. It just is what happens. It's common with babies. Um, We got prescribed the creams when he was a baby, and then he got food allergy tested because of that, Yeah. um, just because it's a sign of that. But anyway, so, um, yeah, we took out gluten from his diet just to play around because I was like, what's the harm in it? Yeah. Um, He has – we have other whole grains that are gluten-free that he can get that are actually higher in protein than wheat anyways. Yeah. Um, This is something that I like to talk about my mom's or to my moms with as well for themselves and for their kids is adding in other whole grains besides like fortified cereals or like ground wheat in your bread or whatever, you know, we eat a lot of like farro farro and rice and millet, quinoa. Um, So we took that out of his diet and he, his eczema went away without creams, which we had previously been putting on him and like just scrambling to try to even control his eczema. Yeah. And those creams are not – I mean, so I have keratosis pilaris yeah. on my arms, and so I've gone to the dermatologist a million times, and they almost say, like, sorry, you're stuck with it yeah. sometimes with things. And I, I know that can sometimes be the case for eczema right. too. And so those creams are not fun to do. So while it seems like mm-hmm. it's a simple answer of, like, oh, just do the creams, they're, they smell bad. They're sticky. They're not yeah. – it's not like and a – And sometimes they're expensive too. Yeah. So – Yeah. Um, yeah, because lotions weren't working. So we got prescribed, like, the high – 
prescription strength hydrocortisone, um, which was great. It did kind of control his eczema. But again, I didn't accept like this is what he's going to live with because uh, my mindset is kind of like if anything's going on in your body, (laughs) I'm not just going to live with it. I'm not going to be okay that like this is how I'm going to live for the rest of my life. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of my approach. And I take that into coaching moms too so that they can play around with it with their kids and kind of accept that same thing that – just because this is how it is right now, it doesn't mean it's going to be like this forever. Yeah. I Especially with yourself too. Yeah. Especially Again, having a little bit of hope goes a long way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can play with that a little bit too. So that gives you control back of your life and your kid's life. Right. Which is big. Right. So, so with this experience that you've had with your son, Jack, then does that allow you, are those things that you coach on with other moms then to say, hey, so I noticed these are some symptoms that your your child is having. Mm-hmm. This, you know, here may be some good next steps for you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of take it in that direction too. So not just looking at how can I get more sleep or how can I feed my baby, but really looking at also not just my health, my child's health. And if there's any sort of issues, let's explore that and let's touch on that instead of just being like, oh, I'm sorry that you're going through that. Yeah, exactly. Let me support you. No, that's a big part of coaching because it's not just a, it's not just like a sympathy, empathy relationship. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of empathy there because I really am sorry that you're going through this (laughs) struggle because as a fellow mom, it's, it just makes your life like a little bit harder, you know, to have to go to extra doctor's appointments to figure out this problem and try to find a solution. Or to have a crabby baby all the time. Exactly. Yes. And he was crabby because I think his skin was bugging him and his belly was bugging him. And we actually are going to go try to see a functional doctor in St. Paul and get him GI mapped and see if there is anything going on in his gut that we don't know about right now. Yeah. Because like I said, I've done all the research in that. But um, back to your question. <laughs> um, I uh, I do point moms to different solutions. So, you know, if you tell me that something's going on with your child or with yourself, I'm not going to have one solution for you. Right. Because again, back to bioindividuality. So like what works for me may not work for you or your child. Um, and there's so much research in different areas. And like you said, it's all conflicting. Mm-hmm. Um, but confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. And that's where working with a health, health coach is really great. Because if you don't know anything about nutrition or yeah. like how to even read a scientific article, then that's something that a health coach can work with you on too. And so I just like to point you towards the science and give you tips of try this one. If this isn't working, we'll come back to it in like two weeks. Right. Right. And I think it's really cool too. I don't know anything about pregnancy. I have a Mm -hmm. lot of knowledge on health and fitness and weight loss and all that stuff. I have zero (laughs) information (laughs) on pregnancy. And so I always like to, just as a side note here for the listeners, I always like to make sure that I am being very um, intentional when I'm giving you guys recommendations or encouragements or saying, oh, here, try this. If I don't know what I'm talking about, I am not going to BS you and be like, yeah, try this. I heard it work. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so what I will do is give you guys connections with people like Abby so that you know you have somebody to go to with, you know, when you're dealing with some of these things that I can't help with on the podcast or I can't help with through coaching. Um, and so also just as a side note here, I know that Abby works with everybody. So she, her and I have a very similar um, coaching model where we can coach online. You don't have to be in the Twin Cities area in order to work with her. And so I can, for one, say that I will have her sign me up the second I know that I'm pregnant uh, in a few years here. That's, yeah, like this is the first step I'll be taking because I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. And even thinking about pregnancy is very confusing in like, should I be doing this? What does the latest research say? Mm Because I actually heard something crazy the other day that like some doctors are okay with drinking 
mm-hmm. in moderation in mm-hmm. pregnancy and not something that you like a glass of wine. Let's be clear on what that actually means, like a glass of wine. Is that a thing? Is that not a thing? Is that just a myth? Like there's all sorts of things that you hear that how in the world are you supposed to, especially at a time that is so important, like pregnancy, mm-hmm. how are you supposed to navigate that on your own, If especially if you've never done it before or if you get conflicting information from even your mom and mother-in-law? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's another thing that I love about coaching is that I scour research. <laughs> I will scour the web for research and, um, and then kind of point you to what, again, is going to work for you. And with the drinking, that's really interesting because when I was pregnant – um, I think it was just like two or three years ago, the, it was like the pediatric Academy or the OBGYN Academy or something like that. They actually came out with that, like no drinking is no drinking is good. Like, yeah. even though all the research says this and it's again, one of those, like, um, those health recommendations where when my mom was pregnant, they were like yeah. a beer a day is good for the baby. <laughs> so drink a beer a day. Oh, I like that. Um, okay. So yeah, it's interesting how everything changes, but if you're interested, I will talk about when I was pregnant and how I became kind of like more of an expert on this topic. Yeah, please so, do. Um, yeah, like I said, I was pregnant with my first about three years ago at this time, and I'm a very science-minded person, <laughs> and I love to know um, like how I can optimize my baby's development, <laughs> how I can optimize my pregnancy so that I'm having as little symptoms as possible during yeah. pregnancy. Like, of course, hormones are going to fluctuate. Um your body is going to change so much because it's accommodating for this very quickly growing baby. So you're going to have some symptoms. You might have a little bit of aches. Um, But again, I did tons of research into the development of my baby at each phase, at each trimester. Um, And then my knowledge of nutrition, my kind of background of it, kind of like in my head was like intuitive that I should eat the vitamins and minerals and proteins and fats that are necessary to support these stages of when their brain is developing, when their spine is developing, when their eyes, bones, teeth, all of that is wow. developing. Yeah. Um, so again, that was kind of intuitive to me of like, that this is, <laughs> this is what's developing right now in this phase. So this is the, this is what I need to eat to support that development. Um, and then, so my pregnancy complaints were kind of way more insignificant than all the other moms around me. So (laughs) it seemed like the year that I was pregnant with my first was like the year of pregnancies. And a lot of people were like, well, it's just because you're pregnant and you're more aware of it. But to me, it was like, no, so many of my friends are pregnant right now. (laughs) I mean, there's also seasons of life, right? Where like all of the people we know are getting married and all the people we know are having babies. It comes in threes or more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I noticed that my pregnancy complaints were way more insignificant than my friends, the new moms in my life. Um, So I kind of started to ask myself that question of why, like, am I just lucky that I have a pretty good pregnancy or is it stuff that I'm doing because my background is in health and exercise and nutrition? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just dig a little deeper into these conversations with them when they would complain about, you know, I have really bad swelling and I just can't get it to go away. And it's like, well, what are you doing about that? And like, tell me a little bit about your life right now. Are you drinking enough water? are you getting out for walks or are you just sitting because your legs are so swollen and you don't want to go walk? Um, So what I noticed actually was that a lot of their complaints were lifestyle related and they could actually remedy it themselves. Interesting. Or their OB would remedy it for them in a lifestyle tweak. So, you know, again, with swelling, they would say drink more water because even though it seems counterintuitive that like I'm swelling, if I drink more water, more water is going to go to my ankles. Yeah. It's very counterintuitive because it actually, flushes the salt. Exactly. So when you're swelling, it's because your body's trying to retain salt. And if you drink water, then it brings you back into this homeostasis where 
you're not as salty. Your body's not retaining water in your ankles because you're very salty. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of you who are not pregnant, this is also helpful where if you go out um, to dinner and you have Mm -hmm. a saltier meal and you feel bloated the next day, that's where the water comes in. It's because it's just retaining a lot of the sodium from that meal. So whether or not you're pregnant, still drink more water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, with the swelling again, um, in in my first pregnancy, I had two days where my ankles and my feet were swollen. Two? Two days out of that whole thing. And I was pregnant during the summer too. So I know that living in warmer clients or climates, very hot ones can also increase your swelling too. Yeah. But I did have, I was pregnant during some of those really warm months and I was getting outside and exercising. And again, I only had two days where my legs were swollen. Yeah. Which is incredible. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who doesn't really know about Minnesota, no, we don't have snow all year long. <laughs> I get that all the time. They're like, oh, you can't ever wear shorts. And I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. you're, I think you're missing the point. Um, it gets, sometimes it gets up to 100 in yeah. July, June, July, August. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's probably variable. July, August. It can get very, very hot. So it's a real thing. <laughs> it is a real Proceed. thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and okay. So again, I want to preface this with, um, that you are probably going to have some symptoms during pregnancy, but... You're growing a human. I mean... You're growing human. Again, your hormones are going crazy. Your body is trying to figure out how to accommodate all of this. But um, what I coach is because of during my pregnancies, my two pregnancies, um, I felt like I was doing as much as I could to be healthy. And it wasn't about being 100% on all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the balanced body. <laughs> Um, it's all about finding balance. So I definitely had my food crutches, but I didn't eat those crutches all the time. Like if you're drinking sugary drinks and you're eating salty processed foods, of course you're not going to feel good and you're going to have low energy and your sleep might be a little bit messed up. Um, just like you would if you weren't pregnant. Exactly. But when you are pregnant, it's like a hundredfold of what would happen. I feel like with my experience too. Um, but my, Aside from the first trimester, because my first trimester, I was so tired all the time. I couldn't stay up past 7 p.m., <laughs> which is for Party most women, animal. too. Wow. I know. But um, aside from that first trimester, I feel like for my pregnancies, I had a lot of energy. I was able to play with my young daughter, my one-year-old daughter, in my second pregnancy. And um, I was able to get out and go exercise. Like, I felt like I had energy for exercise. Mm-hmm. And that second trimester for a lot of women is the kind of like the perfect zone to be in because yeah. – your belly's not so big right now that yeah. you can't bend over and like, right. pick something up off the ground. Um, it's not dead to you yet. Yeah. And you <laughs> do do gain a little bit of your energy back too because your body's kind of like figured out, okay, this is where my hormones are now. They're going to level out. But um, again, I had really good energy and I do attribute that to my diet for sure and with exercise and trying to get enough sleep. Yeah. All of that. Um, and then I also didn't gain excessive weight out of what was recommended. Um, And I was able to lose my pregnancy weight within weeks for both pregnancies. Wow. And again, I attribute that to lifestyle because if you're – and like I said, I had my food crutches. (laughs) Yeah. I craved potato chips with my son all the time, and I didn't eat them all the time, but I would have to keep them around in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're eating that junk food and the sugary stuff, that's going to put weight on you even if you're not pregnant. Right. Like you've you've experimented with this too. And if you guys haven't noticed that, like start paying attention to your bodies because – when you're eating that, like, you're going to gain, especially around your belly. Yeah. Um, or wherever you tend to gain weight. Um, so if you're pregnant and you're putting on that extra weight anyways, uh, it's just going to be harder to lose. Right. Whereas if it's just natural bulking up and fat padding the baby yeah. to protect them, um, that's going to come off a lot quicker. Yeah. So talk a little bit for a second, too, because there are some people, and I know there's movements on social media to kind of say, 
you don't have to get your mom bot or your, right. your pre-baby body back. So talk a little bit about your thoughts on that. On getting your body back. Yes. Okay. So there is this whole big stigma or I guess like pressure on getting your body back. And I say that with air quotes. Yeah, you can't see after, it, but I saw the air quotes. After having a baby. <laughs> and I did this really awesome post on my Instagram. So um, it was fire, you guys. Yes. Go if look you at guys it. have Instagram, please go check that out. Um, you'll have to scroll through. I don't know when it was, but also I, it's at the glow blueprint. G-L-O-W blueprint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting your body back. Um, I, I actually read from another mom about how someone had commented that she got her body back really quick. And after having both of my kids, I got that comment too. And I didn't really think into it that much because I'm not really one to get like offended if someone makes comments to me about my mothering or my body or whatever. I just didn't think into it that much yeah. because I'm like, yeah, it's kind of back, but it's not completely back where I want it. But yeah. anyways, I read this other post from another mom where someone had commented about her, how she got her body back so fast. And she was like, that kind of hit me the wrong way because I didn't ever lose my body. And so I did this whole post. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I did this whole post about how that made me think and that while I wasn't offended that people would say that to me, it's like this whole perception in society towards moms where we put so much pressure on ourselves to get our body back. Yeah. Um, and you're never going to be the same after having a kid. Like my body now after having two kids is so different than from what it was before. Um, if I work out and I eat right and I put a lot of emphasis on trying to look the way that I did before, I might get into the same jeans that I was wearing before I had kids. Yeah. And I might be comfortable in a swimsuit, which by the way, I am now, no matter yes. like if I'm Yay. flabby or whatever. Oh, I love it. Um, but my post, again, was just about on self-empowering other women mm -hmm. um, into stop trying to get your body back because you might have stretch marks now. You yeah. might have more dumbbells right. now. Um, you're going to carry your weight differently because yeah. your hormones have changed. Like hopefully they've come back, but they've changed and you've carried life. And instead of trying to focus on getting your body back, which is never going to happen, like because now your body's a new body. Um, you grew a person. Exactly. That's where <laughs> that's I was going huge. with that. And that's huge. And, and, a big thing again with my coaching and with my social media is just promoting that that like your heart's never skipped a beat right and you continue to breathe you grew a human if you breastfed you sustained a human yeah. for however many months you know which is incredible like yeah. no man on earth can say that they ever did that that's the coolest thing i know it's yeah. very very cool and i personally loved being pregnant because i loved feeling everything that was going on with my children inside like there's just this bond where you know your kids before they're even born yeah and a father doesn't get that and so it's just incredible that you know like you said like you grew a human yeah and sustained a human yeah and so stop trying to focus on getting your body back because it's beautiful how it is yeah so do you think it's possible then to have I mean you're we're kind of talking about you have to almost die let let that idea die to you mm -hmm. of I'm gonna get get my body back the way that it was pre-baby because I have had a baby and I, and I birthed a child. Do you believe it's it's possible to have a better body afterwards than you did going into it? Completely. Yes, I do. So I think, so even though. So you don't have to settle. It doesn't have to be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to be flabby. You know, I just have a mom body now. Right. Like I'm, I've got a mom bod. Exactly. It is what it is. Yes. And so I don't want this to be misinterpreted of like, oh, I'm just have a mom body now. Like I'm going to accept my body how it is um, because that's not what I accept for my body. Like I do still have a standard for my body and that's health yeah. and feeling vibrant and 
what I eat is going to affect my mood. Yeah. And it just so happens that also what I eat is going to affect my body yep. and how it looks, how much fat that I hold on to or release, how much energy I have for working out. Um, and that also goes into self-care that um, I just a few months ago actually joined a gym for the first time in months because <laughs> I'm very good at doing home workouts. Some people yeah. just don't have that motivation to do a home workout. But um, for myself, I actually joined a gym just so that I could take my kids to the gym daycare yeah. and I could oh, have time alone <laughs> instead of trying to do a home workout when kids are crawling on me yeah. or when they're taking a nap and oh I feel gosh. like I want to do other stuff. Genius. Yeah. So I take them to the gym daycare and they're fine without me and I can go work out for an hour and I can listen to your podcast <laughs> and have some me time. Shameless um, plug. So again, like, I love my body and I love what it does for me and I love that it carries me through. It's carried me through my whole life yeah. to where I am right now and that I can get on a treadmill and walk at a fast speed. I haven't started running again just because it hurts my back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've tailored my workouts and again, yeah, I'm not just accepting that I have a mom body now. Right. But I do love my body for what it is and for what it's given right. life to. So. And so I guess what I'm hearing too is that you're saying that it's possible to, I mean, no, you're not going to, you're probably not even going to be shaped the same way because mm-hmm. our hips get wider as you have, I mean, you again are growing a human, like things are going to change and you're probably not going to have the same proportions as before, but it doesn't mean that you can't have a, it, it's a, di- it's different, but better. Right. Sometimes like, like it's possible to be different, but also better to feel yeah. better, to look better, to ha- even like things such as like handling stress better and mm-hmm. having more energy and having better workouts. Like all those things are possible after baby. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? I guess that was more of a question, but you said, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on just people who are a little bit more afraid of getting pregnant because of what it will do to their body. Yeah. So I think that um, if you're afraid of how your body's going to look after you have a baby, yeah, um, there's probably some self-work that you should do yes. to try to mentally prepare yourself for that too. And asking like, um, you know, I really want to have a baby and my husband really wants to have a baby. Um, but first I need to work through some mental things and like my own self-image because if you've been dealing with body image issues for a decade or more Mm -hmm. it's going to be really really hard to be pregnant and love the process of being pregnant if you're constantly worried about how you're going to look afterwards and especially afterwards because a lot of people don't know that when you come home from the hospital after having a baby you still look pregnant (laughs) my mother-in-law loves to tell a story that she brought her pre-pregnancy genes to the hospital when she had my husband. Oh my gosh, funny. <laughs> and she tried to get into them and she started crying because she's like, why don't I have my body back right after I had a baby? Um, so yes, you need to kind of try to dive into where this is stemming from of, um, I'm afraid of how my body's going to look and then try to again, get into that mindset of, wait, I'm going to grow a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going to give life to my child and my husband's child. Um, And my body's incredible for that. And it's carried me through this far and I'm going to start loving my body instead of hating it. Yeah. And that's obviously so much easier said than done. But I think that you have a really great point is digging into why I have a problem with this. And I think, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of reasons too. Somebody who just really values all the work that they've put in, who maybe has exercised a lot Mm -hmm. and has eaten really healthy and has just really loves the way that they look at this point. So it sounds like it's really more of, you have to take a step back and remember I'm starting a family and that's starting a family is a very selfless act. You then are saying, I'm going to focus. I'm going to consent to take care of this tiny little human until they become an adult human. Mm -hmm. And that is going to mean that I am not 
always first or it's not always about me, which is really hard. So that's really difficult. And I think you have to go through a lot of things before you're ready to to kind of make that big decision. But mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts also on giving yourself a certain amount of time to say, like, I think sometimes the expectation is that because there are people who quote unquote bounce back and don't really look that different, uh, it doesn't mean they don't feel different. So let's be clear, unless you're in somebody's yes, body, just because they look the same as they did pre-pregnancy doesn't mean they feel the same um, or even that they have the same amount of energy or any like of the little things like that. But what are your thoughts on giving yourself a, an amount of time to say like, okay, I know that if I'm going to have this baby and if I'm going to have, you know, start a family, I'm going to give myself the nine months for pregnancy and an extra year. So I'm going to basically, before I have any solid expectations of my body, it's going to be about two years from now is when I can realistically say like, okay, I need to, I need to take X, Y, Z steps in order to have a body that I feel really confident and proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make a lot of really good points there. And um, this is like the mission behind my coaching and <laughs> yes. my passion. Oh, good. Um, is that you do have to give yourself time. I love that you make that point, like right off the bat of, uh, you know, if I'm worried about getting my body back, then I'm going to give myself the pregnancy months, but then I'm also going to give myself this leeway period of, um, you know, we'll see what happens to my body for six months or a year. And um, if I'm not happy where it is, then I'm going to step it up. But there's so much that you can do. And again, this is part of my coaching is that, um, like you said previously, if somebody is worried about how their body is going to change because they do love to exercise and they love how their body looks right now and they're just not sure how they're going to feel about it changing during pregnancy and afterwards, that is where you just have to gain the confidence that you know what you're doing um, is working. And um, so you keep up with your exercise routine. So. A lot of people question if exercise is safe during pregnancy. Yeah. And it absolutely is. I always and love this question. So, <laughs> I do too. There are so many benefits. Um, your OBGYN is going to recommend that you exercise, that you don't start a brand new routine and you don't completely exhaust yourself. It's but not the you, time for a PR. It's not. No. Um, it's not even the time to start a new routine if you've never been exercising. Like I tell a lot of people on social media and a lot of people who are trying to work up to get pregnant soon, um, I tell them that if you're not currently happy with your exercise routine, then start right now of where you want to be during pregnancy. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So if you, again, back to your question, if you know that what you're doing is good for you and for your body and you're taking the steps to work your body out during pregnancy and to eat what's good for your body Mm -hmm. and what's going to, again, maximize the growth of your baby. Yeah. Most of the time, right? Not all. It doesn't have to ever be perfect. Right. Yeah. But you know that you're eating like your veggies and your fruits and you're getting the protein that you need and the healthy fats. Um, Again, you're less likely to put on the stubborn weight that's not going to come off. Yeah. And your body will bounce back. So something that you and I have talked about too and something that, again, IIN teaches is that um, your body wants to be well and your body has this state of where it wants to be. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. like your your body has a. It's kind of like kind of just like you talked about with homeostasis with mm-hmm. water. It's like your body's got a place that it wants to be, and right. I'm assuming you're gonna kind of finish that with like if left to its own devices, that's where it mm-hmm. will be. Yeah. Exactly. So even though you just had a baby and you might be carrying some extra weight, your body's going to naturally get rid of that if you're keeping up your exercise routine. If you've been doing everything to work out your heart and your muscles and your bones and strength training, what? yes, everything, <laughs> um, making sure that you're getting adequate enough sleep because like you said your body restores itself 
Um, you make new hormones when you sleep and your adrenals get to rest. Your, by the way, if you don't know this, your hormones are come from your adrenals and, um, yeah, lots of stuff. But anyways, you need to restore your whole body. So get sleep during pregnancy. Um, and again, just to come back to, if you know that you're doing everything that you need to do during pregnancy, then, um, then during that leeway period after you have a baby of I'm giving myself six months to see where my body is and where it bounces back, um, you'll just have so much grace for yourself. Yeah. So much more grace for yourself anyways yeah. of that um, I was giving myself adequate enough sleep, adequate nutrition, and adequate exercise. And I was feeding my soul and my mind and I'm in a healthy state Yeah, as a new mother. Um, I'm happy with my body as a new mom and um, – yeah, we'll see where we are in six months. And right. and a lot of times that will be enough to be exactly where you want it to be. Yeah. And again, if it's not, then you take the next step and say, well, I know that I'm lacking in my exercise routine and I could step it up. Or right. I, know I'm at, I know I'm lacking in like my home cooking mm-hmm. and I need to cook more healthy meals. Yep. So. And if they're not sure where to start, again, that is where health coaches come in and that's where you specifically can come in with the experience you have to say okay I know you've got a baby at this point your kid is six months or your child (laughs) it sounded so sassy your kid is six months old um but you know you you have a six-month-old now which presents Mm -hmm. different challenges you didn't have when you were trying to exercise before again that's where a health coach can come in to say have you tried this in terms of you know you want to exercise have you tried this way of going about it to to include your baby or to have just right. like you said to go to the gym yeah it's an it's an extra membership it's but the value of being able to have that one hour of uninterrupted time where somebody else you know they're in good hands mm-hmm. those are some things that as a health coach you can say have you considered this have you like let me help you along this journey mm-hmm. and just as a side note um both abby and i have a very similar philosophy on that you guys know what you need to do we're just here to help you help guide you so you guys are like the hero of your story you know where you need to do what you need to do maybe don't know how you need to do it uh, on its face but we also believe that you probably do know how you need to do it if we just ask some some of the right questions Mm -hmm. um you have everything you need and we are really truly just here to support you and move in the right direction and give you guidance on how because sometimes it's not the what it's the how how do i get where i want to be i know it's possible but how do I get where I want to be? Um, so the other thing that I was thinking of is that it would be nice to know, I mean, can you give us, shed a little bit of light on what the process actually looks like and what somebody can, what is a realistic timeline? Because we talk about this all the time here on the Balance Pod Pod. And that's like, dude, stuff doesn't happen overnight. Like it just isn't going to happen in two minutes. And so expecting it to happen in two minutes is really setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations or a lot of frustration and when you take the pressure off of yourself (laughs) you're able to really like just let the process be what it is enjoy the journey and also it's so much easier because you're you're not putting all the pressure on yourself so can you shed a little bit of light on like what does a timeline actually look like exactly um again this goes back to how every body is different and it depends on what you were doing pre-pregnancy. It depends yeah. on what you were doing during your pregnancy. Um, I think that you will know postpartum when you get to that phase of um, that, okay, it's been three months or it's been six months and I've lost like two pounds Yeah. Um, after gaining like 25 or whatever it was. And um, it's okay again to be where you are, but you have to accept it with grace. Yes. So never, never hate on your body because you just brought a whole human life into the world. Oh my goodness. You guys are superheroes. For sure. (laughs) Moms are completely superheroes. And that's why I love working with moms because I feel like we need to build ourselves up more and empower each other. Um, But 
Uh, back to your question again. Yes. So you can give yourself that leeway time like we talked about earlier of I'm going to give myself that six months postpartum and see where I am. And like I said, a lot of times that might be enough for you. But um, if you are a time conscious person, then make that goal. But like I said earlier, if you know kind, if you know your body and you're really in tune with your body, then there will be a point postpartum where you're like, I think I've plateaued. As with, yeah. even if you're not, if you've never been a mom, like, and you're just in any exercise routine, you hit a plateau. Yeah. And that's going to happen. And so then you need to turn to different, um, maybe, like, varying your routine a little bit of, again, like, I haven't been to the gym or I haven't even been working out. So, like, yes, I lost all this weight naturally. Like, maybe it melted off. Maybe it didn't. Maybe you're still have it, like, on your belly or wherever. Um, but then you make your new goals of I can't realistically like do yoga videos at home or do strength training videos at home. So I'm going to join a gym Um, or even mindset of uh, (laughs) you and I know that you're nurturing your mind and your relationships and everything outside of what you're eating and how you're moving your body is also just as important to your mental health and in turn your physical health. Yeah. And how you feel. So um, postpartum with my first, especially, I was not nurturing relationships in my social life. So I feel like that's where I plateaued. Um, so that's com- something that I I had to look at in my own life and then figure out, like, thankfully that came to my attention and I have a super supportive husband. And um, so that was a, just a way that I needed to nurture my mind and get back into it. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like then what you're saying is everybody's got a different timeline, which of course goes without saying, but giving yourself a certain amount of time. And then as you're going through your postpartum journey, you're going to start to notice where and when it's time to hold yourself a little bit more accountable. Yeah. Right. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. And then also looking at things that are outside of, and, and I haven't talked kind of extensively about this on the podcast, but I'm planning to in the future. Uh, it is really talking about all the things that make us healthy people. And I guess I have kind of talked about this, Mm -hmm. but that are not what you put on your plate. So it's really going into the concept of primary foods or relationships, exercise, spirituality, Mm -hmm. um, and in your career and career and thinking about like, am I, how am I able to fulfill myself in this time so that I'm not only frustrated that I'm not in, not in the place that I want to be with my fitness or that I'm not at my pre-baby body, but also to look at how is my life as a whole? Because it everything changes, I hear, when you've got kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, let's talk about that actually with – on the topic of marriage because that's a question that I have talked to you a lot about. And I've heard left and right, like, mm, good luck because marriage is yeah. hard when you have kids. Like, can you talk a little bit about that and maybe that aspect of postpartum? I would love to. Marriage is another big part of where I coach. So, like you said, I like to hit on kind of all aspects of your life, what you put on the plate, what you're – Um, doing for your body but Mm -hmm. also what you're doing for your mind and marriage is such a big key part of your happiness after having kids because you guys you've never been parents before so you might be on completely different pages of how to parent your child in every single aspect of even going back to sleep of like um you know one of you might be able to hear your child cry for a controlled period of time but the other one just can't handle it yeah so that's where you have to find out your communication style yeah um, and really quickly, too, here before I um, before we get too deep into this conversation, this all relates to your postpartum journey because as we talk about primary food, we know that those are the things, again, relationships, careers, spirituality, physical activity, all of these things are going to impact how you feel about yourself. If you're fulfilled yes. with your relationship with your husband, you're probably much less likely to care as much about how or, or be as bothered that you're not 
quote unquote, bouncing back as fast as you want to, because you're in a supportive relationship that feels really good. You've got this life-changing new baby that you're probably feeding with your own body. And even if not, you're still having to, you know, be up for the feedings and take care of this. And it's just, it's a different season, but thinking about how the other aspects, it's not just what am I eating and how am I exercising or what is my weight on the scale? It's like when you look towards the other things that you're going to explain here in a second, it helps you with that journey because it's not just so much of the focus on your body. It's your whole life. And we are, I say it all the time, we're much more than physical beings, which includes just your, what you're eating and what you're doing for exercise. It's Mm -hmm. so much more than that. So go ahead. So much more. Um, And something that stuck out to me in what you were just talking about is that you're going to feel so much better about your postpartum body when you're in a supportive relationship. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I bring marriage up with my coaching clients is because you're not always in a supportive relationship. Yeah. Whether it's your friends or whether it's your husband, but you spend all your free time with your husband and your baby. Yeah. Most likely. Um, so if you feel like you are not getting the support that you need from him or um, or that you feel like you need the verbal validation of your body mm-hmm. and that he still loves your body, because that's also a big part of loving your own body postpartum is like, I don't look the way that I did before I had a baby. And I'm very self-conscious about like my flabby belly yeah. now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm not. Which could definitely affect your sex drive. Yes, I'm not as appealing to him. Mm -hmm. So, yes, exactly. Like, that affects your sex drive as do your hormones, and you need all the help that you can get. Right. Um, And I do go into that topic of sex after marriage or sex after a baby in your marriage because that's nothing is off limits, folks. No, (laughs) (laughs) that's a big part of it. Which is good. Um, Communication with your husband is. So, for example, I feel like my husband and I are the happiest that we've ever been. Um, And that is because we are patient with each other, yeah. which has been a learning process um, mm-hmm. because we do have different communication styles. But in communication, we've figured out uh, he knows that if we're in an argument, I need to process it because I'm a big processor. Yeah. Whereas he will, he just wants to talk about it and get all of our thoughts out on the table so that we can get past it. Mm-hmm. But if we do that, um, as he's experienced, I'm more likely to shut down yeah. and close off. Yep. Um, so finding your communication style is big. We went through a phase of our marriage where I wasn't happy. That's the only time in our relationship that I honestly told myself I was not happy in my marriage. And he had no idea. Ugh. Like he knew that my mood was down, but yeah. he didn't know what was happening. And the reason that I was very not happy in our marriage was because of a couple things that he had said to me. And when I brought that up to him in just a very real safe conversation, he had no idea that the things that he had said to me had stuck with me and like really hit my core yeah. and kind of struck me and made me question like who I am and what I value about myself. Yeah. Um, and he- so he, yeah, he just had no idea that that had even happened. And he was, he was so like devastated to hear that, that I wasn't happy in our marriage. And so then once that was out on the table, like I didn't just expect him to know what was wrong. Yeah. I didn't expect him to look back without me even saying it and have him just know that he had said something to me that really hurt me. (laughs) Right. So you just have to be open with each other. Um, And I hope that um, your spouse or your significant other is um, willing enough and supporting enough to hear what you're saying and to internalize it. Mm -hmm. Because the happiness of your spouse, I feel like a lot of times should come before your own happiness sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if, I mean, yeah, that sounds kind of like, and I know that we're kind of in a generation of, well, I want to be happy and my yeah. happiness is most important. But in a marriage, you have committed to that person for literally the rest of your life. Um, divorce, 
for my husband and I, that's not an option. We don't Same. talk about it. It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. You are either miserable and married or happy and married. Like those are your two options. Yeah. And so when you look at it that way too, you really have to think about if I am putting his happiness over my happiness and he's also doing the same, right. we're both getting filled up mm-hmm. and it's not just one or the other. Um, and, and actually as, as a side note, since we are talking about marriage here, I don't talk about this very often, but we had, um, we had premarital counseling as I know most Christian couples do. And our, gosh, she had said something to us that was so great. She said, is it a 50-50 partnership? And the answer is no. It's a 100 mm-hmm. You have to be willing to do 100% of the work 100% of the time. Obviously, that's hopefully doesn't is not what happens. But if you're just going into it and it, you're kind of keeping score on they're doing this, I'm doing this. And I could see how that would be completely amplified when you have children. Mm-hmm. I've changed X amount of diapers. I've fed X amount of times. I've stayed, you know, I've gotten up. I was up with him last night. I was up with him last night. It's your turn. Being able to and willing to give 100% of yourself and do 100% of the work, that sucks. It sounds like it sucks, but Mm -hmm. that's what marriage is. And in return, you just know they're also giving that. And so it, it should balance out. But I could see, I mean, was that something that you guys struggled with at all? Um, Yeah. um, That happened? Yeah. So again, I bring marriage up in counseling because, um, so in my coaching practice, I do a lot of the research and I look at a lot of the science because I like presenting that to people yeah. because that's how my mind works too. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's also been a learning process for me and learning what, what, what does work and what doesn't work. And um, I love that that was brought up in your premarital counseling because it was brought up in ours as well. And that's something that always stuck with me through our marriage so far is that um, – you have to be on 100% of the time, which you also do during parenting. Yeah. You give yourself completely. And so in your marriage, I'm sure it's really hard to also give yourself 100% of the time. Yeah. If you're also doing that for a small human. Who, right. Who can't give back to you at mm-hmm. all. Um, but a big thing with our premarital counseling was uh, mirroring. Yeah. So if I feel like he's lacking in one area that I really, I would really like him to start stepping up in then I'm gonna mirror it first and I'm gonna yeah. be the first one to show him oh like, so like modeling it yes mm-hmm. and if I feel like you know I'm doing all these thankless jobs and he just doesn't even know it notice it um I'm gonna start giving him compliments and being full of gratitude for everything that he's doing you know even if it's something as simple as like thank you so much for going to work today yeah so that we can have money so that I can stay home with my children um because for those of you that don't know I also do stay home with my kids full-time while being a full-time coach. Um, so, so yes. Yeah, so I feel like I have to give him so much gratitude because um, when I am starting to feel down or I start to feel like I've, I have this, um, I don't know, like this lack of something in my marriage, it's usually that I feel like I'm being underappreciated yeah. as a mother or like as a housekeeper or whatever. And you don't want to feel like just the roommate. Right. Right. Like you – I don't know. Something that I love to do with my clients when I coach them is take them back to their wedding day. Yeah. Or even the day that they first met their husband. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like when you That first... give me the most gratitude so fast. Yes. You immediately I think I mean I think about this all the time. I'm a very sentimental person and I just love to love and love to look back <laughs> on things. And so um like even anytime that I look at an old picture of us or look back mm-hmm. at like our wedding day, I like Oh, I miss him. I, I need to, like, can he, is he home from work yet? And I know that anybody who's been married for more than five seconds is like, that's annoying. But <laughs> I don't or, know. Yeah. We've been together forever and it doesn't like ever fade. But 
taking you back to that time. And I think that's probably why I feel that way is because I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, our wedding photos are everywhere. And on our, um, when we actually had our wedding photos taken, they got airdropped to us by our photographer. Shout out to Paul Weaver at PS We Capture Love. Um, but the, the date on his phone was different. So it's like the date is 2049 or whatever, like just something crazy. And But they show up in the front of all of my pictures. So whenever I go back and look at my pictures – there's a handful of those photos that are always at the front. Aww. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, you could do that the same with your favorites or, you know, you can right. favorite some of those old pictures and, and whatever. But um, moral of the story here is that, yes, <laughs> I can I could definitely see how that has an impact and immediately would soften your heart towards your husband, even right. if things aren't going that well. Especially when they're not going well. Because, again, if you feel like you're just a roommate to your husband and you feel very disconnected from him, then taking the first step for yourself to better your marriage is going back and like trying to look at the little things of why did I fall in love with him? And that day that I got married to him, when the doors opened and I saw my first glimpse of him standing at the altar before we became man and wife, like, what did I feel? Like for me, I started crying. Yeah, (laughs) I looked at my dad and I was like, oh, I'm going to start crying. And I blubbered the whole way down the aisle because I was so excited about it. So taking my, (laughs) taking my (laughs) mind back to that when it's, when it's really hard. And this is where, um, Oh, willpower is such a big thing, such a big thing that we need to grow um, as moms too. But, you know, having that willpower to go back to your wedding day, like I've said, and then um, giving the gratitude to him, even if it's hard. And even when you don't want to, I feel like when you don't want to is the time that you really need to do it the most. Exactly. Because it changes your heart. It changes your perspective. Like there's been so many times where just this morning I was getting ready and both of my kids were like knocking on the bathroom door and I love them, but I am with them for five days of the week by myself and I either don't get ready and I go do stuff with them not ready like at all with in yoga pants and a sweatshirt, which I I love to live in those too. But <laughs> some days I want to feel pretty Comfies. and I want to put makeup on and I right. want to do my hair. Yeah. And so you look great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, my first reaction when my kids are knocking on the door and like whining, mom, let me in. Um, I was thinking like, where is he? Why isn't yeah. he coming to get them? Like I'm with them five days a week when he goes to work. And how can I not have like 30 minutes to myself just to do my hair and makeup. Um, and again, I love my kids, but if you're a mom, you know what it's like to like love your time alone. Um, but anyway, so I, you know, I kind of talked to my kids and um, he ended up coming, but I switched my mindset. Like you have to have this flag. Like you just have to have this flag go up in your head of um, I'm in a very negative mindset right now. It'd be so easy for me to snap at him and cut him down for the ways that he's not helping me right now and he's not letting me have my alone time. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I'm going to take five minutes and I'm just going to breathe. And when I come out of the bathroom, I'm going to go up to him and give him a hug and thank him for taking care of the kids. Yeah. Like in my head, it might seem crazy because it's like, well, I deserve 30 minutes alone. Right. And obviously he's going to have to take care of the kids because yeah. it's not my responsibility right now. Yeah. And so it's easy to get into that mindset. But if you switch it to like, I don't want to go and thank him right now, but if I cut him down, it's only going to make me feel worse and yep. it's not going to build my marriage up. It's definitely not going to build him up. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to go and just be grateful that he 
did end up coming and he came and got the kids. He diverted their attention so that I could continue getting ready in peace. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too is like, and I, again, I can imagine how much di- more difficult this stuff gets when you have kids because there's constantly something going on or constantly mm-hmm. something that you need help with. It's just, it's a lot. It's another full-time job on top of the full-time jobs you already have. Right. <laughs> um, but really having that communication, but also being willing to say thank you for things that you don't even, that, that you think should be a right. given. Mm-hmm. Thanks for loading the dishwasher, even if that's yep. your thing. Uh, I So I'm, I'm in a Bible study with a couple of my really, really, really close friends. And they were saying even, even things like, you know, mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. that's kind of his thing. But he, if seeing it, seeing marriage and everything your spouse does more as thank you for doing that so I don't have to yes. instead of you should be doing this anyways. Like, I'm probably not going to go mow the lawn. Right. Well, I'm never going to mow the lawn <laughs> unless he doesn't do it and then I have to. And so it's kind of like, thank you for doing that. Uh, I know that you're going to do it anyways and I know that's something that you do regularly, but thank you for doing that so I don't have to. Right. Because it could be where we, you know, giving 100%, we talked about this a minute ago, 100% means that I'm mowing the lawn and doing the dishes and taking care of the kids and all those things. If he's not doing it, that's falling on me and that is the responsibility I've taken as a married person. But because that's not almost never how it actually works in real life, which is great, like we're never actually having to do 100% of the work, but just giving that simple thank you for like, wow, thank you that I don't have to. Thank you that I can get ready for myself Mm -hmm. and take those 30 minutes and I'm not here by myself having to just go and never wear makeup for the next 10 years until I can get some alone time. And the thing, this is not for all men, but I know what's true about my husband is that um, if I feel like there's something that needs to be done in the house, it's so obvious to me because as women, we have a million tabs in our mind of like keeping track of everything. Like I need to put food out for the cat. (laughs) (laughs) I need to do my child's laundry. I need to do my laundry. The vacuuming needs to be done. Like all this stuff that needs to get done in time. And you keep a running list on this. You get to it when you can. But at least for my husband... And I think for a lot of men, they compartmentalize. Yep. And so my husband has shared this before, too. And that's kind of sometimes a confusion where the miscommunication comes in. Exactly. The miscommunication because men and women were built differently. We think differently. And with my husband and I, like. Different, not better. By the way, yes, I learned this gratitude from him, again, through modeling because he constantly thanks me for little things. Um, And if there's ever a period where he's not thanking me for little stuff, uh, that is where I start to get a little bit. I'm kind of like, where is my thank you for taking out the trash today? (laughs) Did you even notice that I swept the floor? (laughs) Did you even see that I unloaded the dishwasher? (laughs) Exactly. So it's really easy for me to fall back into that again. Like I'm just human, but uh, okay, well, he didn't even thank me for this, but he wasn't home to see it. But again, getting back to like the trash, sometimes I'm like, how full can you get the trash before you just take it out? Right. Like, I feel like I always take the trash out, but um, when he does notice it and he takes it out, then I give him a big thank you for it. Because again, that's something that I didn't have to do. And back to my point that I was getting to before of communicating. Yeah. Like he compartmentalizes. And so again and again, if there's a reason that I'm being cold and he asks me like why I'm being so distant, it's usually because he's not doing something that I just thought he should know needs to be done. Ah, That's so good. And so I'll be like, did you not notice when you threw your shirt on the laundry pile that the laundry is full? Like, and he's like, no, honestly, like I didn't. I just threw it in the closet. But if you have, if the laundry needs to be done, I'm more than happy to do it. And yeah. thankfully, this is the way that my husband is. And um, again, if your husband isn't and you guys don't have that solid communication, then I would just encourage you to model it yeah. first yeah, and see where it goes from there. 
one tool that I would just want to share here. And again, I, I know that I don't talk a ton about marriage, but it's almost like I'm in, I've been married for less than two years. <laughs> I oh. feel like people look at me, they're like, well, okay, yeah. But you can learn sure. a lot. Yeah, you can learn a lot. And I, I think, I don't know, I just, my, my marriage is my most valuable thing in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. If I did nothing, if I accomplished nothing else in my life of being married, like that's enough for me. And I know that sounds kind of funny to some people because they're like, what? But I just really value it that much. Here's the thing though, is that since we actually for the last year, um, we have been doing something called the Navigators Council. And I encourage this to all of my clients, especially my, my clients that are married, but you don't have to be Christian or married to have this be successful for you. But in relationships, what, what the Navigators Council is, is it's a weekly guide. It is um, by Audrey and Jeremy Roloff. Um, and they have a, a charity or a organization called Beating 50% because 50% is the divorce rate. And so everything they do in this business is really directed towards um, helping you to have, to thrive in your marriage, to not have that miserable marriage. Um, And like I said, it's either you're happy married or you're miserable married, but either way you're married. Um, And so that Beating 50% is, is their way of helping you guys always get the most out of your marriage. And so this Navigators Council is a weekly guide where you sit down for 30 minutes or less and there are, it has a devotion, It also, which takes three minutes to read. It also has a calendar so that you know what you're doing on which days, who needs to be where, what, and you can sit down and talk about it at a specific time every single week. And then on the next page, there are six questions. It is what brought you joy? What was hard this week? Um, how can I pray for you? What is one thing I can do for you? Is there any unconfessed sin, hurt, or conflict? Mm-hmm. As well as what you know, what are some cravings or desires that are on the forefront of your mind? And it's just been such an amazing resource to communicate because it's so easy to go, especially I can imagine with kids, weeks and weeks without having a real conversation yep. sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when your kids are little. And so this forces you to sit down every week. Uh, and then there's also, I think once a month, a section on how are we stewarding our finances and how is our sex life? Just to make sure that we're all on the same page with things. And if there's right. a time that needs that, that something needs to be said, that's the time, right? And so I know that there are no – we don't have very many explosions where it's like I've kept something mm-hmm. in my head for so long. It's like I know that every Sunday that's when we do it. You can do it whatever. But I know every Sunday that's a conversation we're going to have and that I don't have to stew on it in my head. I don't have to be mad about it. Sometimes you are. Sometimes these things are big, big things. And sometimes we don't wait until mm-hmm. the Sunday. But – it's not sitting and stewing for months. It's right. a conversation you're having at, at the very minimum on a weekly basis. And so that's just a, a resource. Again, um, that's called the Navigators Council. And you can find that, I think, at beating50percent.com. But I'll put that in the show notes here as well. That sounds awesome. That actually brings me to a book that I read that actually really helps my marriage as well. It's called Love Unending by Becky Thompson, I think. Um, Again, I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. So what's great about that is that I think it's a 30, it's either 28 or 30 days and it's just a short little reading. It is Christian based, but again, you don't have to be Christian to read it because her advice is just incredible. Um, where she found that a secret to her marriage that her dad actually told her after being married for like 50 years to her mother was wake up every single day and look at your spouse the way that you did on your wedding day. Yeah. And then it feels like it's the first day that you were married all over again. And while that might be really, really hard, she every single day gives you a prompt of like, um, what's something that you know your husband loves that you can do for him today? Or like, what's one thankless thing that you know will bring him joy that you can do? For example, like putting his bath towel in in the dryer while he's showering and then bringing him a warm towel. Oh, that's nice. I want it's that. It's just, it's little things like that. Husband, that if you're really listening, help. that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
for sure. But um, yeah, so again, it's called Love Unending by Becky Thompson. I recommend that. Um, but it also just goes back to, again, what I coach. Yeah. And right. Just get back to the basics. And right. Um, just like how you do with parenting of putting yourself before your children, sometimes you have to put yourself before your husband. Um, and if you're doing the work for it, then I feel like almost all the time you're going to get paid back for it. Mm -hmm. If not more, I find that when we, you know, we always talk about filling up your cup and you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's like, um, we also have done the, the five love languages, which I know is a very popular book and that can help you relate to anybody. Um, because one of my top love languages is words of affirmation and quality Mm -hmm. time. Like those two things are really important to me. If we're sitting down on the couch next to each other, not talking, you might as well not be sitting next to each other at all. Like it just doesn't matter to me. And so we're able to then speak each other's language. So you're not just butting heads and saying, well, I unloaded the dishwasher for you. Doesn't that make you happy? Well, yeah, but it doesn't fill up my love tank. Like it doesn't make me feel more loved or more respected because you did that because that's not – that's you're speaking to me in your own love language and not in how I receive love. Mm -hmm. And so that's just been a really incredible thing to do and and to periodically check in on how how are we doing. Like it's – can sometimes feel like a performance review and I've had that you know I've had people say that to me before but it's a job that you're going to want to be sure that you're really good at as often as you can be for like the rest of your life exactly. like it's a big deal <laughs> and so just doing periodic check-ins like a report card how how is your love tank how are you feeling am I are we doing enough are you missing anything is there anything that I could do for you mm-hmm. that would make things easier on you or you know what kind of are we going into a busy season how can I shoulder some of your responsibility as well right. That's awesome. Stop support you. Yeah. I actually really want to read that book. I've never read it before. Oh, it'll be so good. Yeah. I feel like it's something that both my husband and I should read together. Yeah. Like yes. we have really good communication styles because like I said, we've kind of figured out like um, what I need and what he needs when yeah. things start to get a little bit heated or tense. And um, but I would love to read that because um, something else that I think is a very simple question that you can talk to your husband about in like a safe, non-judgmental way is just the simple question of how is our marriage right now? Yeah. Because it can bring up so much if you're actually sitting and thinking about it and you're not just like, good, you know, or it might need a little bit of work. Like, if you actually sit down and think about it and you express like, well, I think that we're doing really great in these ways because speaking your strengths is huge for yourself and for your husband and for your marriage. Absolutely. Um, But also just, again, weaknesses where you might not know that the other one is feeling a certain way because you're not speaking it. Right. So just asking that simple question of how is my marriage right now? Right. Exactly. Um, And before we jump off our our call today, I want to just talk a little bit more about maybe some things that I guess you and I have had a conversation many times about how surprised we are that we just forget that people don't know the things that we know Mm -hmm. because we've been doing this for years and years at this point. And it's so much fun. I love, like I have just this catalog of information in my brain and I love (laughs) to share it, but I forget that it's not common knowledge. So tell us a little bit about, you know, we talked about marriage and talked about pregnancy, but I want to go back to pregnancy because I don't know a lot about pregnancy, but I know that, you know, like your, your brain is exploding with pregnancy information. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, like, what are some things that you think are common misconceptions or things that people just don't know about pregnancy that you want to share that are really just common knowledge to you? Sure. I think that a lot of people go into pregnancy with the expectation that um, my body's going to hurt. You know, um, yeah. I'm going to have the pregnancy aches. I'm going to have terrible morning sickness. Um, I'm going to have terrible mood swings. So I'm just waiting for it. I mean, that was me in my first pregnancy. I, I actually was like, where are my mood swings? And then <laughs> one hit me. <laughs> like, where'd they go? I know. One actually did hit me, but... Um, So something that I know to be true about pregnancy is that 
you are going to experience some of these to a certain level. Mm -hmm. Because as I keep saying and hammering down is that your body's going through so many changes and your hormones are increasing and fluctuating and your body's expanding. And um, that brings up a lot of emotions for people and also stuff that you can't control just because of your hormones. But there's a lot of stuff that you can do to control this. So without getting like too scientific because we would expand this podcast for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Which I would do. We'll probably have this conversation for hours. (laughs) For sure. But when you work with me, I'll dig more into um, why your lifestyle choices are so important into controlling your pregnancy. Because again, as with my son's eczema where I just didn't accept that this was okay and that he was going to live with it for the rest of his life, um, kind of with pregnancy, it's like, I don't accept that I'm going to have this excruciating back pain. I don't yeah. accept that my ankles and my feet are going to be so swollen that I can only wear flip-flops and it's like negative 20 degrees in Minnesota, Yeah, you know? Um, so there are definitely lifestyle tweaks that you can make to um, to try to combat some of the extremes yeah. in pregnancy yeah. and the symptoms. So, Do you think it can sometimes be like a self-fulfilling prophecy too where people are like, I'm going to be so tired. And then they're like, I'm so tired. So I'm going to eat ice cream and sit on the couch (laughs) and do nothing, which props to you. I mean, you're growing a human. So there's zero judgment from me. But also knowing that if we did that regularly too, that's not going to help to give us more energy. It's not going to be. Okay. So tell me, I I mean, I know that you have the experience with um, exercise and you like eating healthy, but let's talk about somebody um, because I know that sometimes it's very easy to listen to something and to think, oh, it's easier for them, but, but here's, here's what I'm actually going through. And so I, I don't want anybody to feel like this isn't relevant to you because whether or not you have a lifestyle that you're currently living that is filled with exercise and farro and quinoa and (laughs) vegetables and (laughs) things like that, this still applies. So let's tell me a little bit about um, if you're not already having a healthy lifestyle, like what does this stuff still apply to you? Absolutely. Everything you're saying. Yes. So um, a speaker that I love that I've had through my education is Shauna Menard. And something that I love that she says is baby steps. And she, she went through a very traumatic time. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. (laughs) She went through a very traumatic time in your life, in her life. And everybody can relate that you've been through some big trauma. It doesn't matter like what it was, but you went through some trauma where you're like, I literally don't know if I can get out of bed this morning. Um, But something that she did was like, again, she didn't accept that this was how it was going to be. And she knew that if she took steps, that she was finally going to get out of this super dark place. And I've been there too. And it's like, um, I do have a fighter spirit. Like I know that that's really hard to find sometimes, but, um, if you take baby steps of like, I know that today I can go make my own coffee. Yeah. (laughs) Like I got out of bed so that I could go make my own coffee or, um, you know, I feel, I feel like two minutes of yoga today or like laying in child's pose is going to, benefit my back. That's yeah. something that I do a lot is like if I'm having a lot of back pain from holding my son, I just get into child's pose for like two minutes and breathe through it. But yeah, um, if you currently don't have like a love affair with this healthy lifestyle and you're trying to get to a certain point and it seems unattainable going from point A to B to Z, you yeah. know, getting through that whole lineup, you just have to take baby steps because if you don't, then you're just going to be the same or worse off in a month. And in five years. And yeah. another quote that I came across that I love is that the time will pass anyways. Yeah. Oh, so gosh, you I might that. as well. You might as well work on yourself. I use that all the time. And one thing that I use it for is like sometimes you want to embark on something. I tell you guys, it, this stuff takes time. So a year is a long time to be working on yourself and to do this mm-hmm. stuff. We've got a lot of years beyond that year. So regardless of the importance of that, a year is still a big commitment at once. 
But how many times have you looked back and said, I wish I would have started a year ago? Like, if I started a year ago, it's January. So Mm -hmm. when we're recording this. um, And so it's like, we probably all, many of us have just gone through this. If we're not making the changes, we look back and we're like, shoot, should have started last January. That would be nice. I'd be done already. And so, yeah, just like if you, you have to start. Um, But also don't, if you are always in your head thinking, that's not me, I can't have that, I won't do that, then that will be true for you. It will. Because like you've said before, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And the things that you believe about yourself become your actions. Right. Your thoughts become your actions. Right. And so if you are somebody who says, I'm not a person who exercises, or I can't have a healthy pregnancy, or I'm not exercising yet, or I'm going to have morning sickness, it's probably going to be true for you. Because you're going to do things that give you that result. And you're right. not going to seek out things that are going to give you a different result, especially if you don't think it's possible. And so I think it all starts, and I would kind of see if you would agree, Abby, it all starts in your head. It does. Your mind is so powerful. Ugh, and that's so hard because it's the hardest thing to rein in and to tame. It is. But, especially when you're looking to outside sources too. Yeah. Like you just have to kind of get back to yourself and experimenting with yourself. And, um, you know, if you don't love exercise, like – I think that there's a form of exercise that is enjoyable for everybody. Every it might person. not be running. It might not be biking, but um, gardening is gardening, exercise. Gardening, yes. Moving. Swimming. Cleaning your house. Like, swimming. Yes. Dancing. Walking dancing your dogs. with your kids. Dance, dance, revolution. <laughs> is that still a thing? I don't know. Well, we should look it up. But... Okay. I'll go back to you guys on that. I probably <laughs> won't. So don't don't hang tight on that. If you're curious, do a Google search. <laughs> That'd be a fun date. <laughs> yeah, that would be a fun date. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I, before I could get by myself back into working out and you guys, I love to work out. Um, but even postpartum before I was cleared to work out, yeah. um, I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do. Okay. Actually this wasn't postpartum cause you can't squat postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> but my example is that, um, when I was in my days of not being able to get to the gym and I couldn't do yoga or I couldn't do strength training or whatever, because my child would crawl all over me. Um, while I was having my alone time brushing my teeth for two minutes, I would yeah. do squats. Or before bed, like weirdly before bed, I would always get the urge to just like drop down and do push-ups or whatever it is. Drop and give me 50. Right. Maybe not that much. <laughs> um, maybe like 10. If you feel that urge, I mean, maybe you don't, but if you do feel that little urge, not just to exercise, but to any aspect of your health, whether it's eating or like texting a friend and trying to meet up so that you can fill your social tank. Yeah. Or if you are a Christian, opening your Bible or whatever it is that you know that feeds your soul, if you feel that urge and you just pass on it, then again, you're going to continue to pass on it until you act on it. Do you know how many times I've made myself miserable? And I have shared this before with intuitive eating where I was on this whole kick of like, I am intuitive eating and I'm amazing. <laughs> and I would physically talk myself out of a healthy meal. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know what? Today, I'm, you know, I, I, we're going out to eat and I really love the burger and the fries, but I think I'm going to get a salad. And then I'm like, that's dumb. I've been really good all week. It's like Tuesday. <laughs> it's I've been, I've been really good all week. It's fine. I don't need to eat. You know, like in talking yourself out of that, guess the kind of results I got. Yeah, they weren't that great because right. I was pissed that every time. I kept making these choices and it wasn't getting me closer to where I wanted to be because I kept talking myself out of making those choices. I kept Mm -hmm. getting that nudge and feeling that nudge like you're talking about and ignoring it. And to Abby's point too, it feels like those things don't add up. The the squats here, the push-ups there, all that stuff actually does add up and sometimes is more effective than a 30-minute workout where you are dreading it and not feeling great and not Mm -hmm. consistent with it. The consistency of I'm going to do 20 squats or I'm going to do two minutes of squats when I do, when I brush my teeth. Two minutes of squats is really hard, so. It is really hard. And also, um, research shows that 
you know, you might not be a meditator, but everybody has their own way of meditating, whether you're in the shower and you're just like trying to calm your mind or if you actually like sit down and close your eyes and visualize and meditate on a mantra, whatever it is, research shows that five minutes of meditation every single day is better than an hour every single day or an hour a week. And to that effect um, of what Corinne was just talking about is that if you're taking that five minutes to yourself, it's going to add up long term Mm -hmm. because if I'm doing two minutes of squats while I'm brushing my teeth when I could have just been standing there, the next day my legs might be a little bit sore. And, but if I do those squats again, I might push myself to one more squat Yeah, or one more push up. Um, Or if I'm going to make the choice today to eat a grapefruit because (laughs) I probably shouldn't eat potato chips again, Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to make my body feel better. And not only that, but those tiny little steps are very self-empowering as whereas like if you're not acting on those on those little prompts to yourself then you're going to feel you're going to start to belittle yourself and your self-talk is going to become more negative of like wow I just could not eat a salad today right I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a fat cow because I've had chips every day and exactly. That's, yeah. And even to, even too, I just want to be clear, like, I want to make sure that we are understanding that this is attainable for every single person. So wherever you're starting, you can make one small choice that's going to benefit you today. And even if you, let's say you have that grapefruit and then you have the chips. Awesome. You still yeah, have the grapefruit and exactly. you've still done something that's going to support your body. So it's not about being perfect, but I want to take away any excuse that you can't do it or that Abby is a unicorn who had a perfect pregnancy and oh my gosh, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice if I, if I was like her? No, what she's sharing is that it's possible for you too. If that is something that you believe is possible for you, you can have that too. It doesn't have to be miserable and you don't have to hate the process. Some people do have just genetically harder pregnancies from Mm -hmm. what I understand. But there's a lot, it's just kind of like, you know, we talk a lot about genes in the world right now and like, oh, I've got the gene for for cancer. So I I, I can't, I'm just going to have, but no, like that's not how genes work. Mm -hmm. There's a study of epigenetics and that says that is a study of what turns your genes on and off. Just because you have a gene for something does not mean that it's going to be turned on and that you're going to experience that. Your lifestyle is like 80% of the puzzle. So never overlook the importance of even just going for a walk around the block. The compound effect works so well in your favor that when you start to make these tiny choices, they all add up to some huge, huge changes. And let me give you a quick example with weight loss here, since I know I talk about that a lot. If you are somebody who cleans, uh, you know, you, you know, instead of sitting down and, and to watch TV, you stand up and you just like tidy up while you're watching TV or you take the you park a little farther away you take mm-hmm. the extra stairs you do the little things during the day that don't really matter in your day they're super easy not to do they're also super easy to do that can lead up to 30 pounds lost in a year mm-hmm. like that this stuff adds up and it matters and it doesn't feel like it it's like the choices themselves are so small but over time the cumulative effect of those is so big that it's really hard to ignore right and on the flip side of that too um, where it can add up in a very positive way. There was something that was super eye-opening to mm-hmm. me. Um, do you know where I'm going with I this? I do. Of weight gain. Yep. And there was a study done, and it just makes sense, too, when you sit down and do the numbers, that if you are a calorie counter, which I'm not, um, I know that you've experimented with that mm-hmm. before. Absolutely. But if you are a calorie counter and you know, like, you know how much your body burns and you know how much you're taking in, and you just decide, like, I'm going to start eating ice cream every night because yeah. I love to eat ice cream, which I do. But I'm not going to eat it every single night because it actually doesn't make me feel good if right. I'm doing that. Yep. But if I do, then I'm taking in like an extra 100 calories that's going to add on. Like, 100 calories makes a difference that right. consistently. And yeah. if you look at that over like every week, every month, 
every year, then after 20 years, how much extra weight are you carrying around? 50 pounds. Yep. And so then if that you was go... a random number, but <laughs> really realistic over that, you really, know, over that is. much time. Yeah. It's the slow stuff that we don't notice. It's kind of like the, the analogy of the frog in the burning water, like if in the boiling water, where if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out because right. that's like, <laughs> F this, that's no, <laughs> no, <laughs> and try again. But if you put a frog in a pot, in a, in a pot of cold water and you start to boil it, it doesn't notice that it's being boiled until it is dead and that's super gross i didn't know that <laughs> i got that in the book eat this frog eat that frog oh. i don't know what it's called i don't remember who it's by but i'll link it in the show notes if you care um so many things to link today i'm gonna have <laughs> i got a full-time job in front of me with this um but we love giving resources but anyways it's just kind of like the slow steady stuff we don't notice right. but it matters and by the time you look back you're like oh that's nice i now have 30 extra pounds over 30 years mm-hmm. and a pound in a year doesn't matter not a big deal. Like a pound here and there, even 10 is really not a huge deal. You might not even notice it. You probably physically. wouldn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you look back and you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> now what? <laughs> How, How did I, I get, get here? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. How do I get it off? Yeah. And honestly, I just want to share one more thing before we uh, jump off here because we've been ta- we're going to talk for many more hours. It's yeah, fine. If we don't stop ourselves. I know. <laughs> Let's do a talkathon. We'll just talk for 24 hours <laughs> and okay. for charity. I think things would get pretty wacky. Should probably have Dance Dance Revolution. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> tune in for that. <laughs> Anyways, before we jump off here, I just want to relate this to the thing that I get all the time with my coaching is like people are, people tell me I'm too old to do X Y Z. Like, oh, I'm too old to lose weight, or I can't lose weight because I'm X. Uh, like, I'm over forty. I'm fifty. I'm f- sixty, and those are just limiting beliefs like that and kind of everything that you've been saying with pregnancy is like oh I have to have like I have to do it because that's what you do when you're pregnant you just mm-hmm. your feet swell when you're pregnant or you everybody I know who's over 40 has never been able to lose weight like those are just limiting beliefs when you actually take a step back and realize that this it's possible to have like why do you have to have a terrible pregnancy why does it have to suck mm-hmm. you see these people who have great pregnancies and it's so easy to think oh that can't be me or oh that's they must just have great genes but Maybe we can take action, and that's hard. I get it, and it's scary to take action, and that's really the the hardest part of it all. This all, but it's possible to have what you want. The answer right. that you, if you're willing to search for it, the answer is yes. You can have a great pregnancy. You can have you can lose weight after forty. Like that's such a thing. Um, you don't have to just be at the mercy of what everybody around you is doing, or what you've heard, or what you think is true for you. So. My challenge and our, I guess, our challenge for this episode is to really get outside your head and think about what is actually possible. Not to think about the how, but to believe first and foremost that it's possible for you to have something other than what you currently experience because you don't have to just see it to know that it's a thing. Mm -hmm. Even if you have no evidence that it's ever happened before doesn't mean it's not possible. Right. And to think that it's unattainable. That is, I feel like having those limiting beliefs and just telling yourself that it's never going to happen because of xyz and my genetics are this way it's very self-deprecating and it's already setting you up for failure um so something that i love to do with my coaching is i'm not going to tell you exactly what you need to do to get where you want to be like you're going to help i'm going to help you figure that out because you know your body best and you know um how you speak to yourself yes um you know what works for you what you can stick to and um 
The thing that I love, though, is empowering you and changing your self-talk yes. so that it's more positive. Oh, because if so you're good. telling yourself negative stuff, like I said, that's self-deprecating. You're setting yourself up for failure. But if you're talking affirmations to yourself, then you're more likely to go out and make a better choice because you feel better about yourself and you know that it's good for you. Yeah. And it just it, – it flips that switch from I'm never – going to be this way yeah have this kind of pregnancy look this way yeah whatever it is to hey that's attainable and maybe I could because they did it yeah so why can't I have that too? yeah and I think that that means that you have a little bit of confidence too it's like yeah. they can do it why can't I yeah and there isn't I don't know there's like two people in the whole world that just have really great genes and really great everything and yeah. they don't have to work for it but everything else question for you let's talk about this for one second I said we're gonna be done but that was a joke <laughs> Haha, <laughs> gotcha. Um, tell me a little bit. Are you so you like exercise? You like eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Are you motivated to to eat right and exercise every day? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? what? I know. <laughs> so I said earlier that I'm really good about doing home workouts, and let me tell you, for two weeks, both of my children have been taking turns being sick. So I'm not going to take them to the gym in and expose them to the other kids when they're sick because I wouldn't be happy. Everybody if else thanks you else for that. that. Yes. So I haven't been able to get to the gym more than maybe once or twice in two weeks. And I don't like that because I love to work out. And like I said, I love my me time. Um, But I haven't been motivated to do the at-home workouts. Right. So, and I know that that's just my season and it's winter. And if my kids get sick in the summer, I'm going to take them out and I'm going to go for a walk because I love to do that. And it gets them out of the house. But yes, I'm not motivated all the time. So I love to exercise, but I fall off too. And so I hope that that's... um, reassuring to you guys who are listening who are like well I tried it and it didn't work for me so it just doesn't work for me yeah because everybody falls off at some point it's not about being 100% perfect it's about just giving yourself grace yeah and we've talked a lot about finding your why here on the podcast of like why does this even matter to me so do you feel like you have I mean you're able to be rooted on the days where you physically can go to the gym but you don't want to does that does it help you to think about like Maybe even to just look at your kids and be like, you are why I'm doing this. Exactly. Yeah. So after you have kids, I feel like a lot of, at least for me, a lot of my motivation is like, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm definitely doing it for myself too because self-care is such a big, big part of motherhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm doing it for them too because not just because I want to live a long, healthy life and have a high quality of life when I'm old and like I have grandkids, but because I want to set a good... That's crazy to think about. I know. But (laughs) I want to set a good model for them that I love my health and I love myself enough to push myself to get to the gym even if I don't want to. Yeah. Because I know that that's what my body's craving. Yeah. And I'm not going to hate on my body. I'm just going to go love on it by exercising it. Yeah. And you know your kids are watching. I mean, Jade is too. So when does she turn three? June? In June. June. She makes comments to me all the time about about going to the gym. And um, every time I walk back in to pick her up, she's like, you got your sweaty shirt on, mom? (laughs) She's cute. So she's watching. And I have actually do yoga at home ever since she was a baby. And before that, because I'm also big into pregnant or yoga during pregnancy. It helps Mm -hmm. so much with your body aches. But she has been doing her own little form of yoga yes anywhere I won't even be doing yoga and I'll look at her and she'll be in the living room she's be like I'm doing my exercises mom oh (laughs) I love that that's so cute and you're also modeling too like I just want to uh, lift you up for a second and like applaud you on how what kind of example you're setting for your kids not just with the exercise but also with like loving your body no it it doesn't look the way that it did before I had kids but that's okay Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that it's worthy of me hating it because that's exhausting it's exhausting to have that much hate for yourself very exhausting and your body forever like yeah because how do you want to get out of bed in the morning if you're like i don't want to look in the mirror 
we are relatively young when we have kids. Like even just as humans, doesn't matter what what age you had kids. Even yeah. if you're 40, your life is only half over. Mm-hmm. You still have the other half of your life where you have to look at that and in try to love that body every day. And every time that you look at it and do something out of hate, it's not going to stick. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be hard. And it's only going to dig you deeper into the hole. But as soon as you start to do things because you love yourself, Mm -hmm. it gets so much easier. And it is just so much more enjoyable. So I I love this. Any other, any, anything else that you would tell my audience as we are jumping off today? Because we're actually going to do that at some point. (laughs) Well, maybe. Coming off the topic we just came on to, I would love to just encourage anybody to sit down and even think of just one or maybe even three things that you guys can start working on right now to change your perception of yourself and maybe try to identify those limiting beliefs that we were talking about yeah. so that you change from self-deprecating to um, empowerment. Yeah. And tell us last thing, what is what is it an actual step somebody can take if they're not currently living a healthy lifestyle, but they want to be they want to be able to exercise while they have a baby or they want you're, – you're, while they are pregnant. Um, so I guess what is something that you would say is a, a step for somebody who is thinking about getting pregnant but doesn't currently have a healthy lifestyle? Um, again, start with baby steps. You can't just be like, I'm going to start doing these 10 things all the time. Right. Um, start with a baby step because if you start with it right now before you're pregnant, you will be able to sustain it during pregnancy to mm-hmm. an extent. Um, I mean, if you're lifting – way too much right now you won't be able to do that while you're pregnant but um yeah start with a baby step there's no power lifting comfort competitions while you got a big belly i don't think so <laughs> probably not do that <laughs> yeah so start right now because just envision where you want to be you know it's easy to think um like i'm gonna be the super fit pregnant woman like i'm gonna right. have a super cute pregnant body yeah, yeah. <laughs> that cute baby bump um but you have to start before pregnancy because it's not just magically going to change when you're pregnant. Yeah. It does help when you have another life to think about. But oh, my gosh. Think about it before. Huge motivation. Yeah. You know you're going to have another life to think about in a year or three months or whenever you want to get pregnant. But yeah. it's just start now. Yeah. And then go back and listen to some of the podcast episodes that I've created because this is what I'm here to help you do is to start. It doesn't have to be perfect. It never has to be perfect. And I'm not going to take away all your fun treats because I am not going to live without <laughs> Sebastian Joe's ice cream. Shout yep. out to Sebastian Joe's. In Uptown, Minneapolis, <laughs> going there tonight because yes. I want to and I can and I, I have a car there. and money and I can go get ice cream whenever I want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, just thinking about how we, how you can start and how you can take those those next steps. Last question for you is what would you say to somebody who is currently pregnant who doesn't have a healthy lifestyle? Any suggestions for them on how to feel their best, look their best um, mm-hmm. and just be able to, to support their health while they're finishing their pregnancy and then postpartum. So again, back to my business title, the glow blueprint, um, you need to look inside yourself first because your glow is not just going to come. It's not just being pregnant is not going to give you that pregnancy glow. So you need to look inside yourself and try to find even a spark of Mm self-love and a spark of worth in that's good in wherever you can find it within yourself. And, um, if you want to have, if you want to eat better and you want to start an exercise routine, but you're pregnant and you've never done it before, and all the recommendations say you can't start running right now, um, your OB is very helpful for you. So go talk to them, and you are able to walk. And well, if you are able to walk, <laughs> <laughs> details, details. But you are able to go walk. Not suggested that you go start running, but increase it just slowly. Start yoga. Gentle yoga yeah. is amazing. Go swim. Like your body is more flamboyant. Is, it, is that is that the right word? Buoyant. Buoyant. Not flamboyant. 
your body's Close. more buoyant in water. Close. Um, but again, yes. So I can help you with that. Your OB Flame can help voice. you with that. <laughs> That's my favorite word. It's going to be over the day. Anyway. Yeah. Love it. Cool. That's where I am. Perfect. And where can people find you? Go to Instagram. Check out The Glow Blueprint. Give me a follow. Give me some likes. Beautiful. And go to theglowblueprint.com. I have way more resources on there. And actually, shout out to my husband because he completely coded that from the bottom up. We didn't use a design. We didn't use a pre-made template. So I'm super proud of him. He's proud of himself. Um, It looks amazing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. We just launched it. So if you go check it out now and you're like, oh, there's not a whole lot up there right now. Like, there's two recipes right now. But side note, I love to create healthy recipes. Um, I will be adding tons more content on there, more blog posts, more recipes. And I always announce it on Instagram. So at the very least, go follow that and you'll see all my new content. And if you liked what we talked about here today and you want to learn more or you want more on a specific topic, comment on here, comment on Instagram, send me a DM, email me, whatever. And I, Abby and I are very close. And so we maybe could have a second appearance or a fourth appearance or an 82nd appearance. Plot twist, she's a new co-host. Just kidding. (laughs) But maybe. Maybe. (laughs) If you guys can't, uh, if you guys like her way more than me, which is totally fine because I like her a lot more. Thanks. Then, I don't know. I like myself too. Don't I don't know where that, that was going. I'm not going to finish <laughs> You love that. yourself. I love her. I love me. It's fine. I love everything. Anyways, that's all we have. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. I really wanted to, before we hop off today, share that our whole reason in doing this episode is to to help you to see that there's a little bit of hope for your pregnancy and for your motherhood, that it doesn't just have to be, you don't just have to be resigned to what you think is supposed to happen or how it's supposed to happen. There's a lot that you can do to make it better for yourself and to make you feel really great and really to just empower you to have the kind of pregnancy that you want to have and to kind of be the mother that you want to be that is able also to take care of themselves and to not just always put themselves on the back burner. So although there are a lot of things fighting for your attention in motherhood and in pregnancy, our intention here, and and I know that Abby does this with hundreds of women all the time, is really to just help them find their personal perfect pregnancy and their personal perfect motherhood. It all looks so different. And again, we talked a lot about bio-individuality. That is that one size does not fit all. And so again, that is where Abby comes in and she will help you to find your perfect motherhood, your perfect pregnancy, what you want uh, really out of all of that stuff. So again, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this extra long episode and we'll catch you in the next one. That's all we've got for our episode today. Thank you for listening. Rate and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. Remember that new episodes and the blog posts that go with them drop every Monday to start your week off right. You can find me on Instagram at The Balanced Body, and my blog is balancedbodyblog.co. Want to work with me? Head to balancedbodyblog.co and click the Work With Me tab to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or ideas on who I should interview on the show, send them to me via email or Instagram, and I'm happy, more than happy to add them to my list. Thank you again, and have a beautiful week.